talking, dating, and love. Seek treatment. If you're boring as fun, seek treatment. If you're unlucky in love, seek treatment. If you just can't take a hint, we'll seek treatment. Ha. With Kat and Pat. Hi. Hey, it's Katharina, Katrina, and, it's Pat, and this is Seek Treatment, a, a podcast, podcast about, about boy, boy sex, sex, fucking, dating, dating and love. love is for Whatever the way you look at me, you, and L love is for means the something only guy different in every culture, and every, very, all very, different ways you can express love in your different love language. Oh no, my thing just unplugged. Oh my god. Oh, guys, okay, well, it's this not is going good. George, Joseph, you're not, you're not going to believe what happened. Am I allowed to speak? Wait, oh, yeah. I'm I, sorry. Yeah, we're doing <laughs> the entire time. Pat has been doing a motion like, "Don't speak, don't speak, don't speak." <laughs> don't I know speak. we did have to agree that you were going to watch us do our intro and then we were going to bring you in. So I was as shocked as anyone at what just happened. <laughs> but leave this in, like leave this in. I'm wearing a hospital gown. Leave it in. I'm wearing a hospital gown. I'm wearing okay. literally a hospital gown. I'll you guys, why? We're so excited to have family on the pod. Yet it again. is so relaxing to have our blood relative joining us today. <laughs> This is, of course, a pot. It's um, famously a sex podcast, but today we're talking friendship and art as well, and sex. And so, please welcome to the pod, Geo Sev. Known to some as George Severitz. Welcome to the pod. Hi. Oh Thank my you for God. coming on the pod. Wait, I just want to say to get, we're recording on a Monday morning and to get a text from <laughs> Pat on Sunday night, as I was like planning my fucking Monday morning and being like, oh God, I have to do that. And I have to do emails and I have to like I put know. pen to paper to hear that actually instead I'd be doing a podcast. I've <laughs> never is... gotten better news. I've I never gotten better news. You know, we didn't have guests for a long time. Now we're trying to have guests, but we kind of forgot how you have to like be constantly like reaching totally. out. It's so hard. <laughs> how do you do well, it? Well, the timing of it, you know, do I suspect I'm replacing no. an Aubrey, no, no, an you're Aubrey actually, Plaza? The craziest thing is I actually knew you you're not replacing anyone and, because we yeah. literally just can't schedule our own podcast. And so I'm, we're texting last night. I'm like, let's get a guest. I'm like, let's get family. Let's get Geo. Totally. Like, our first ask is going out at 11 p.m. the night before. <laughs> yeah. if, if you're being replaced, you're getting it. It's like five minutes. It's, it's a five minute warning. Everyone should be no, well, everyone should I be do, on. I alert. do have memories of like in the pa- like be- early days, as you say, beginning of the pod. I have memories of being at my old day job in Uptown and Pat texting me being like, can you come into the studio <laughs> now? I never, ever did that. You yeah, actually, did. I actually just unlocked a sense memory of being in the studio and texting my friend Caroline and being like, hey, do you still live in Park Slope? Because we, yeah. we need a guest in three minutes. <laughs> yeah. Um, Gio, I, so I just, I told Pat this, but mm. I don't know what happened to me last night, but I think I got some kind of wild food poisoning because I started, I was out to eat and then was out at a bar and then I got home and I started uncontrollably vomiting all over myself. So I know what it is. What? You have neurovirus. Wait, someone I know who has that. Oh, I, I, I had it too. Wait, what do you someone mean? Someone that we all know in Los Angeles has that and had it on set. Someone that we all knew, <laughs> know in Los Angeles has that and had it on set. Wait, really? Wait, tell me what's happening. Last month, first of all, oh, actually not last month, this month because it's still February. I have gotten sick twice this month. And I would say I have been sick more than 50% of the month, which has led me to my new movement, which is destigmatizing having Munchausen and destigmatizing <laughs> uh, having a psychological illness that makes you think you're sick. Totally. Well, I thought I must be sick the last, like last week I broke down physically. 
and I couldn't run like I just couldn't run basically and so and then like since I've gotten home from LA I've slept for this has been my it's been eight hours no nine hours eight hours 11 hours for my three nights of sleep since I got home from LA and still I feel tired yeah okay I have been unable to well okay let me first answer your question Catherine so I went to dinner with our dear friend uh, Mary Beth Barone a couple of weeks ago oh, I miss and her. we went to redacted Williamsburg restaurant and oh then gosh. afterwards as soon as I left the restaurant I immediately I mean it was like out of a movie where you're like Rah-oh. yeah so what is neurovirus um okay so I uh so I was like oh I have food poisoning because I was having classic food poisoning symptoms aka vomiting and diarrhea i'll call a spade a spade yeah and then um i but then i kept being tired for like a full week and like not being able to get out of bed and then uh i had i started hearing other people and they were like yeah i had food poisoning too i had food poisoning too richard perez had it it was like going around and then we all sort of realized en masse that what we had was uh likely neurovirus which has similar uh what are they called side effects I'm about to diagnose someone. What about, causes that? I'm about to diagnose someone on the podcast. Sinclair Johnson, US, defending U.S. women's 1500-meter champ, had neurovirus before Milrose Games. And that was the meet that I left the famous Brooklyn Crab event to go to. And she was, I just watched an interview with her. Where she was like, yeah, I thought I had food poisoning. Then other people started getting it. So it must have been some random weird thing. Well, this yeah. is so crazy because, yeah, so last night I'm like, if I, I've... I rarely ever throw up and I also like, I feel like anytime I've thrown up like from drinking too much or something, it's very, it's like a labored, like I'm trying to make myself. This was like, I, it was cartoonish. I was sitting up straight and it was like, and it wouldn't (laughs) stop. And then Brian thought I was dying. So he took me to Mm -hmm. the hospital. So we went to the hospital last night and where they, where they (laughs) didn't acknowledge me. And so I'm in this, I'm in a hospital gown in the bed in Bushwick. And then I just get up. I literally escape. I tuck my hospital gown into my pants and I run out of the hospital. And the woman's like, where are you going? And I'm like, I, and I go, I wasn't acknowledged. So I'm leaving. And she goes, okay, I don't care. <laughs> so then Wait. we got back to the hospital. I'm um, sort of shocked that you're recording right now. Because I, when I had that, I just want to so I, um, I, I it want sounds like a to... fake excuse if I told right. you. Food. <laughs> no, 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 yes. Okay, so this is what happened to me. I had another podcasting. Quite frankly, all I've been doing in February is vomiting and podcasting. I had another. <laughs> I, I had another yeah. podcast. Man, guess what? They're the same thing. Guess what? <laughs> I podcast is vomit. Podcast is vomiting. Podcast equals so vomit. So I had an. I had a podcast that I had to do like two days, maybe three days after my big, uh, what I thought was food poisoning, and I. It was the second time I had rescheduled. And the first time was because of a family, like a legitimate family emergency. And I was like, right, I fake. cannot reschedule it. As, like, I cannot reschedule this podcast twice, once for a family emergency and once for food. Poisoning. <laughs> like, that, that sounds like the fakest thing. So, um, but, but yes, to affirm your experience of the cartoonishness of the vomiting, affirm I was it, sort bitch. of like, wow, I didn't know. I mean, it. I thought I legitimately thought I was going to break a rib. Oh my god! Because of yeah. the violence of which uh, the the violence well, of the output. Yeah, and then okay. I was ashamed because I I had been out at a bar and I was like I had like three or four drinks, which is unfortunately to me extremely normal. And so I was like, I don't think I'm like, 
And like I remember, so then I was like, I was like, did I drink too much? No, you know what it's like when you throw up from drinking. It's it's yeah. a different. It was bad. you know what it's you like. You know what it's like. For, for some reason, real bitch. You know what it's like. <laughs> I, for some reason, I heard you saying that in the Lauren Conrad talking to um Jen Bunny famous quote, where she's like, "You know what you did, Jen." <laughs> anyway, so I woke up. Um, yeah, I also got it all over my lover's bed, which is sexy. Anyways. No, I'm in the a basement and I'm just kind of shaken. No, there was something about it that was like true intimacy. I did not admittedly get it on the bed, but right. I did have a bucket by the bed. And then also our bathroom is like shares a wall with our bedroom. And oh so God. I was just going from room to room, just like. How long did it last? And it, I mean, I would say the actual throwing up lasted a little less, a little less than 24 hours. Okay. Um, but then I was fully, I, like, semi-bedridden for at least three days. And then, oh, God. And then, like, the next few days, I was able to leave and do something if I needed to, but I would prefer to be in bed. And it was also the week of Matthew's birthday, and I had I surprised him with tickets to the Philharmonic. So I was literally, oh, like, in, I saw the picture. Like, I saw the in a blazer at the Philharmonic, just being like, no. And just being like, just get through this, man. No, oh my God, tough. it sounds like hell. For one, for me, it would be hard even just to go to a Philharmonic. And then for two, <laughs> it'd be hard for me to for me, for two, it'd be hard for me to have neurovirus. So to have both and have them come together would be you know, such a gauntlet to, to run. The, the intersection of neurovirus and the Philharmonic. <laughs> and the Philharmonic. That's actually funny because my friend I was with last night was like, I just had food poisoning last week. Anyways, whatever. Now we're circling back. No, but I'm I will telling say, you, that's what it is. Yeah, in college, um, my musical theater comedy troupe called the Triangle Club Shout Out. Um, we went on our like winter tour and there was a neurovirus thing going around. So everyone was on this tour bus, violently vomiting. It was comical. And then people were, the lead was running off stage, puking in the wings, going back, singing her songs. What was it called though? We called it something. Um, anyways. Well, you know, I recently was watching an interview with Pink pink exclamation point and no, she was I talking love that, about I love that thing going be. around I love that thing going around of her and Kelly Clarkson singing songs together sorry <laughs> wait I haven't that. that's one you know how sometimes there's a classic thing that you see going around but you have not actually made the move to press click totally. that's how I feel about that I mm. I can literally see the thumbnail in my mind when you say that but I have not actually <laughs> I have not made the decision bitch you're now just a thumbnail in my mind it's that's just all you'll really... ever be you could take it a thumbnail value. It's really just like, <clears throat> it's really just like them singing songs. But yeah, don't you think "Thumbnail in My Mind" could be a Catherine Cohen song? Defo. Totally. Thumbnail in my mind. Um, but Pink wait. Pink was saying that yeah. she she was talking about how difficult it is to, of course, be a mother as well as a pop star. And so she was talking about how she takes her kids on tour with her, and one time they all got norovirus, and then oh. they got it. And she was like, it was sort of like her listing all the things that went wrong she was like we got norovirus then they got a cold then i had food poisoning and at some point you're like why am i doing this yeah yeah wait i wonder if um Us wait, so norovirus isn't <laughs> norovirus isn't new i guess and i and i do want to move away from norovirus as a topic yeah, we can sorry. move away we can move away i'm sorry. sorry but i feel really taken care of that you knew what i was talking about of course because i was quite ashamed do up. not ever I, be ashamed, ashamed about of anything your body does. I'm Don't ever really ashamed about having neurovirus. <laughs> um, escape, I escaped. Um, wait, so George, what yeah. are you up to this week? Uh, <laughs> well, so as you both know, you're sort of catching me at a transitional phase because 
um, Gawker 2.0, the website that I worked at for a year and a half, shut down oh, yeah, this it's such month. a I'm so sorry. It sucks. Thank you. No, I, I'm like, I'm sort of like, I've, I'm at peace with it and I'm like ready okay. to sort of like hit the ground running but it is just like that month post because the entire time I was there I was like I love I loved everyone I worked with and I was very sort of honored to be there and I, I was such a big reader of old Gawker that I was like very tickled that I got to sort of be part of it but then the entire time I was like you know never doing all the comedy stuff that I wanted to be doing mm -hmm. like there were like things that I was working on that I'd be like well I finished a draft of this six months ago when am I gonna like look at it again you yeah because it, it, it was like a full-time a, a full-time job that did that was very it would have been sort of impossible to half-ass because i had to sort of just like be on slack every second of every day anyway so then when i uh, you know of course i was uh, sad when it shut down but i was also like okay this is my chance like i've been saying now for a year and a half like all these things that I've been putting off and all these projects and all these things that I've been like dropping the ball on. Like now I finally have all the free time in the world. And, um, you know, <laughs> having free time is complicated because 100%. it is very easy to sort of let the day go by. Totally. Days disappear. It's yeah. crazy. No, days disappear. And, um, or you'll have like one day, there's like something that I'm working on with a friend that we're writing together. And we had like one day where we were together in a room and like made so much progress. And I was like, mm -hmm. I can feel it. This is momentum. And then like the next day I woke up and was on Twitter all day. <laughs> you so couldn't it, feel it. It wasn't momentum. And <laughs> yes. you were going on Twitter. Yeah. Um, wait, when you said Slack, it did remind me of like, I'm so like, I never, when I was in on office, like it was before Slack and the only office I was ever in where Slack was a thing. I just unlocked those memories. There was like a month period during it was it was the it was November two thousand it was October November two thousand sixteen so it was during that amazing famous election <laughs> and um, <laughs> the, the election famous for being amazing and um, I me and Mary Beth Brown worked at this company where you had to like it was like a startup where they like moms filled out questionnaires about their young girls and then you from the questionnaire <laughs> would assign them a category of like like sporty one sporty two like normal like sure. diva or whatever <laughs> yeah, then, yeah, yeah, yeah whatever their diagnostic was then you would go to the racks and you would decide what pieces they which peplums that this young girl would what want was this job? it was like i don't want to say the company's name but i that was the job i just said was the job and you I know was what's like, crazy is that they probably like they job. probably advertised it as like they probably advertised it as like clothes picked by ai Clothes picked by AI, more like clothes picked by gay guy. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, but I remember like doing a box and like the woman who was training was like, I remember her being like, so these leggings are really would be something that more of a sporty one girl would wear and a sporty two girl would wear something more this like is that. crazy. And I was like, oh, totally. Like this is totally sporty too. I don't know why I was thinking. That is so, so funny. Much. Was there training where you learned how to distinguish between all the different types? Well, yeah, maybe maybe they bought a questionnaire and they got categorized. Like maybe like we got maybe when the girl came across our desk, she was already put into one of these boxes. Right. Like but then for categories. you to let's say you get sporty too. Yeah. How do you know what to pick? Is there a. The first couple of days they sat us down. It was me, Mary Beth, and like four <laughs> other people. I got fired in truly days because like, I remember when they get one day they were like, "You're not doing anything." Like they're like, one day that was like, "You only made two boxes today. Like you should have made many more boxes." I was like, "Well, two." Wait, but say, I that, had say the name of the company. We'll bleep it. it. Was like Fab Fit Fun. You're gonna love it.
Shut the fuck up. And let me just say, because we've bleeped it so people won't be able to hear what it is, I'll just say this. It's not a name you'd recognize. Yeah. (laughs) The company does not exist anymore. So there was definitely a day early on where they walked us through their, like, fall line, and they were like, these are the different things that the different types of girl would like. I want to get that job again. It was so fun. I want the the pamphlet immediately. I wonder what kind of girl I am. I know. I wish I could remember all the types. I just it's crazy story. that like it's crazy that ninety eight percent of companies are scams. Oh, a hundred percent. Like yeah. someone got someone fully got funding <laughs> for that, and then it it even though I'm sure it made no money, someone left. Like the CEO left richer than ever and got a new yeah. house. And that yeah. CEO, Elizabeth Holmes. <laughs> yeah. Wait, one more thing I'll Before say about that company. Theranos, there was girly one box. <laughs> girl boss one. So girl. I got. So she's like a girl boss one. So she would really want a pencil skirt. I um. I. I wait. One more thing I'll say. I remember the job is like there were some pieces. They also the moms could write comments about the kids, so they could like say like. I, in addition to knowing that she's like sporty one or like, could be like she looks ugly in this <laughs> yeah. they could give you like more details so like I remember there would be some pieces that were really popular like a pink peplum top that like all the girl like that kind of could apply to all the types and so like mm. everyone loved it and I remember the girl who was shooting us was like so these were running low on because they're so popular and so I want you to really use your discretion and like only put one of these pieces in the box if it's if you could tell it's something that, that, that this girl would really love and if I not please say that <laughs> I'm always like trying to be like oh, God, I want to give her this top I just don't know if she'll appreciate it enough like will this top like should it go to a better girl like it was so stressful <laughs> <laughs> that's why I was only doing two boxes I was like stressed out about like <laughs> which girl should get this top. You know what I mean? I was like, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have this much power. <laughs> my um, my only slack job was that I worked at the Casper mattress showroom, and for some oh, wow. reason that that meant I needed a Casper email and Slack account. But of course, um, it was such a good job because we would just like lay, I would literally just show up and like lay on the bed until someone came to try it, <laughs> and then I'd be like roused from my slumber and I'd be like, oh, this is the bed, and they'd be like, okay, and then I, they'd be like. Can I buy it here? And I was like, no, you have to buy it online. They're like, okay, bye. <laughs> oh my god, we that's, sure like bono- that's like Bonobos. That's like Bonobos. Yeah, remember um, when the UCB single-handedly employed everything, everyone at Bonobos? Oh my god. I was, I was always applying to those jobs that everyone at UCB had, and I was always getting told no. Like, but it was yeah, Bonobos. like I, tra- I tried to get a job at Squarespace via Squarespace. UCB, and yeah. They said no I- to me. When I tell you, I went into Squarespace headquarters and sat a gauntlet of three consecutive one <laughs> one hour interviews, and then didn't get it. It was the craziest thing that's ever happened to me. Wait, George, I saw you did um because I did the what are they calling it? Not ASCAP, but the new the new rat scrap. Oh rat yeah, scrap. rat scraps. I saw you did that. I I did it last night. I saw you did it the other week. It was so fun, wasn't it? I know. It was like it, it's funny because. I mean, it's very TBT. It, it's funny. Yeah. Like, I sort of missed the boat on, on the UCB. I mean, I, I used to do a lot of stand-up shows at UCB, but I never did classes there. Yeah, I've never yeah. done improv. Um, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> but um, but I always, it, it was one of those things that I just knew as like a New York institution. Like, oh my God, that's, you know, uh, Aubrey Plaza is the monologist at ASCAP. This yeah, totally, totally. And then like Amy Poehler showed up. Ah! you know yeah yeah, oh, yeah yeah that was always so i'm sorry allison yeah was... to move my mic closer how's this allison <laughs> sorry i am fully laying in bed okay 
I hope you don't see. I hope I'm not being disrespectful. I'm just. This is kind of what I'm working with. Today. Well, you are not only in bed, but it does seem like you maybe have your windows like uh, taped shut. No, the issue is that I'm at my boyfriend's house. No, I'm in the basement, so there are no windows. Oh, fun. Kind of because I, I sort of, I sort of am getting. This is maybe the best natural light I've ever gotten. I'm looking yeah, you myself, look and I really, really do look glowing. Um, now, what was I saying? Oh yeah, rat scraps. Yeah, improv. no, it it was it was very fun and. I was sort of actually Sam and I were talking about this. We were like, Rad Scraps was very fun, but we were like, what is more depressing, like a bad improv show or a bad stand up show? And I was making mm. the argument that a bad improv show is worse. And then the next day, I did the worst stand up show of my life. Oh. And I was like, oh no, this is infinitely, infinitely. What show? Worse. How did you, what was the worst show of your life? It was just like, it just felt very like 2014. Like it was yeah. just like, you know, truly one of those rooms that looks like it was abandoned for a reason you're like yeah, oh yeah. yeah oh yeah this isn't this isn't like a bar's back room this is a bar's storage facility oh, like, abandoned yeah. for a reason is such a good title too. and then you're like and then there's like <laughs> a few, a couple of people and you're like <laughs> there's a couple of people and you're like oh like they got you know i wonder how these people like found out about it and then you realize it's just like one comic brought three friends and that's it. That's the entire audience. Oh and then God. they like wow. leave after her set. Where was it? Did you? Wait, but. Mm, it was in, it was in Brooklyn. <laughs> it was at a bar in Brooklyn. <laughs> hey, say no oh. more. <laughs> Where would you say? It was not at a bar you would recognize. Yeah. Brooklyn. Um, were either of you guys, yeah. were either of you guys like in the scene when we were doing lots of improv shows at that space downtown that was like a, literally a youth hostel? Yes, you, I know you're exactly saying, what you're talking about. Where people were like come back by with their toothbrushes. Yeah, <laughs> it was so crazy. I was, and you were like using you their bathroom. You had to buzz up, and you had to be like, "Hey, I'm here for the show." Why was every show there for a little while? It was <laughs> what so was crazy. <laughs> I wish I could remember what it was called. I was. So oh, I feel drunkers. young again, you guys. I'm in Bushwick in a basement. I, I know. Again. I know. I was talking to someone um, we know that has sort of. Um, hit it big and we were talking about like <laughs> she was like back in new york and and doing a couple shows or something and she said something along the lines of like you know this feels it's so nice to just like be back down to earth and like do you know like just like feel like the good old days and i was like mm -hmm, yeah so this is for her still my <laughs> oh life oh my god yeah this is still the days for me um <laughs> for me i'm definitely in the before part of my narrative yeah. for you for you for you they're the good old days for me they're the bad current days but no worries yeah. um no now worries, wait queen. <laughs> george how long have you been how long are you not going strong now and i'm apologizing I do like Matthew is one of those gays that's like, don't call me Matt, right? Well, it's weird because I sort of entered the fray late enough that I can't call him Matt, but everyone yeah. else calls him Maddie. And I'm, I, the closest Maddie. person in his life. And the only one me. Besides me. I, I literally, we're, we're like out to, to dinner or something and everyone is calling him Maddie and I am calling him Matthew as though I'm like the IRS. And, yeah. and at this point, it's like it's like too late to change. He doesn't really like Matt because I think Matt is sort of like maybe what people called him when he was a kid or like what his dad calls him or like what people call him in school. And then he sort of rebranded as Matthew. And also, I think for a journalist like himself, you know, mm -hmm. it's his byline. Like it's very yeah. like it has to be consistent. Like that is totally. what it says under the headline of, of something he wrote. So he feels strongly about it. But no, I literally everyone calls him Maddie except me. And it's sort of a 
point of not point of contention, but just internally uh, something that I totally makes me stop and think. It gives you pause. Um, yeah, but you know, it's this some... podcast is very important to our relationship because I came on, yeah, like literally right after our first date, and actually in a way that I think is relatively out of character for me. Talked about it in detail, including like, <laughs> it, including like our issue. I mean, we don't have to get into it, but like, <laughs> including like issues that I was personally having with like uh like sex related issues oh, that I was yeah. having like yeah. outside yeah. of that and like y'all go back and give it a listen. Yeah. So um but yeah <laughs> go back and listen to my friends. I know issues. I I I've never done it but I am sort of petrified uh petrified about it. But I but yes it is I mean it literally will be something we play at our wedding. Like it is oh, me my God. it is like the it is me publicly describing our first date. That's to so sweet. Also our beautiful listener. Another former guest had set you up. So it's like firm. That's right. Firmly, oh yeah. Firmly. Was that three years ago? Yes. That's crazy. Yeah, it was a little over three years ago because we got together our first date was December of twenty nineteen. Um, and I probably came on the podcast like a little after that. And yeah. then you um now you live together. And now we live together. Oh, uh, Um, What was he going to say? But you can go get married. You did, after all, say your wedding. Yeah, I guess. You got him I'm there. Sort of, I'm sort of. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. I'm so, I sort of feel, I sort of feel neutrally about marriage. Or not neutrally. I guess I do want to get married, but I'm not like, I, I, I don't ascribe some like huge meaning to it. But I'm like, yeah, when I imagine myself in five years, I do imagine myself married. You know what I mean? Oh. Totally. You're, well, if you're like, but not to Matthew, to this other guy who I yeah, no, definitely. You know, I, I think that. this. I, let, let me tell you something. I think this has run its course, but <laughs> there's someone else I have my I'll eye play on. Our and, yeah. This episode is play. Yeah, this episode is like our breakup episode. It's totally. like I'm actually gonna break up with him on air. Lately, I I've think... been like obsessed with looking at pictures of engagement rings. LOL. Oh my gosh! Interesting. I, never... I mean, the thing with weddings is, and I this is a sort of not original thing to say, but they really are, it is impossible for them to not be tacky. And I'm oh, sort of like, is, is there, is there a solution? Is there a solution? I think the one thing Matthew and I sort of landed on was like, just renting out a small restaurant. Oh, she, yeah. And just like having that be the wedding, ha because then you're like, you don't have to deal with any of the aesthetics of weddings. You're just at a restaurant. Yeah. We can't, yeah. You know, we can't have, I just saw on some Instagram story, like, fireworks inside a hotel ballroom and i was like no nope. i'm like who wants to tell them this no. is hell on earth oh i would never want a fireworks inside a hotel ballroom no, I, I definitely hate, have moved... like hotel ballroom culture it's so scary i i well the one thing i'll say about in a restaurant is like it does if if it's a restaurant wedding it does to me almost it could be around feeling like a gay wedding in an hbo show or something do you know what i mean <laughs> Well, so, but this or is even your Netflix. point. Or even Netflix. No, you're right. You're well. I think it's more HBO. But you're you're <laughs> you're pointing to the issue, which is that like, yes, I thought I found this thing that's like, oh, you can escape the tackiness by going to a restaurant. But no, the tackiness is inherent in the fact that you're having a wedding. So right. if like you do it at a restaurant, then it has the specific tackiness of a gay wedding at a restaurant. The TV writers are also trying to escape the tackiness for their wedding scenes, and and but the problem is once they touch it, it becomes yes. tacky. So <laughs> they're poisoning the well. They're poisoning. The well poisoned yeah. well I'm so you have to be um you have to be not only a couple it's a real race at the bottom you exactly the john, only... i'm picturing the john early um characters yeah episode yeah yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah oh a classic a i recently you know i just went back. to his taping oh i'm dying to see it is it heaven it was great Funniest um, person alive. He, yeah he 
it's crazy that like it's crazy that he has been mother now for like 15 years <laughs> i know it yeah. really is it really is i um i think i've moved past definitely the banquet hall of it all like i definitely don't and lately i've been having this thing where it's like I think if I ever did get married, it would be away, somewhere away. And like literally not even my parents would be there. <laughs> That'll show them. Wait, so do you want to <laughs> elope or do you want to have friends but not family? I think I want to have like some friends. You want to have like Pam and Tommy strangers oh. that you met at the club the night before. On the yeah. Oh, that's fun. That yeah. Fun. Did you watch, um, did y'all watch the Pamela? Yeah. If you want to escape, if you want to escape the tackiness of weddings, go for a sort of <laughs> Pam and Tommy vibe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it honestly was the pictures. It, I'm like, this actually is chic. It's like literally they're in bathing suits that they met their maid of honor the night before at the club. I'm like, that's powerful stuff. I started watching that show and then saw that Pam Anderson did not approve it and then immediately stopped. I was like, oh, I have to draw the line somewhere. Oh, I totally. support no, no, women. No, I, was, I was saying I watched the um her documentary. Oh, I need to I need to it's watch very that. Good. I sort of you know, I know we are doing this a lot where we like reevaluate things yeah. from the nineties and sometimes I get a little tired of it. And yeah. Yeah. it's like because it's sort of like, uh, I actually don't need to reevaluate Paris Hilton. You know what I mean? I know, I know. But I think Pam is one of the people I would say for me, the biggest ones are Pam and Courtney Love are like the mm. two people I am genuinely interested in having that conversation as they say. Yeah. <laughs> you want to sit your ass down and watch and listen yeah. and open your ears. I want to sit my ass down and listen when it comes to Pam Anderson and Courtney Love. Yeah. I wait. Okay, so I have to bring something up. If we're going to talk about television, if we're going to talk about the art form of the documentary, mm-hmm. I have to bring up um, Stolen Youth, the Sarah I Lawrence haven't watched doc. it yet. Oh, you know, my, my friend God. worked on that. Really? I would love yeah, to. Yeah, my friend that. worked on it. Um, and... uh, can you ask your friend? Can you yeah. ask your friend? Why didn't they follow up with whatever happened to Talia? Okay, I'll ask. <laughs> I don't want spoilers. I don't want spoilers. Um, Should I okay. watch it, Pat? I, I Yeah, okay. it gets so dark. It gets That's really so, dark. What I will say is, this is not a spoiler, but they do promote it as a sex cult. I think to kind of... Mm-hmm. Have I said this on air before? I hope not, because no. I'm saying it like all over town. But like, um, they promote it as a sex cult. And I think to piggyback off of the success of Nexium, which mm. was a bona fide no, sex cult. it's not a sex cult. It's I a, read the, it is I read a the, yard work. It is a yard work cult with one throuple. Yeah. And that does no, not yeah. mean it's a sex cult. I read the article the show is based on. Well, this is my other thing. And I'm sure the documentary is good, but I'm also like the way everything now has to be like an article, then a documentary series, then a yeah. miniseries, <laughs> then a film, then yeah. like an article based on the film. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I just, I don't know. I mean, I read the article. It took like 15 minutes. Why do I have to dedicate a full month of my life to it? Totally. Well, the Zara Lawrence doc is like three like hour plus apps. It's pretty easy. It's pretty, it starts a little bit slow where you're like, wait, do I care? But then it gets so dark and crazy and you're like, okay, I'm in. Okay. All right. I'm well, I'm sold. You know, I'm kind um, of like over my um true crime era, as they say. On I ne- Yeah. I'm, I also, I'm sorry to say, but like, or not sorry to say, I actually don't give a fuck. But yeah. like when you yeah. sort of, when you read Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is also how I feel about, and maybe this is problematic, but this is how I feel about a lot of like book length nonfiction, where I'm like, if I read the New York Times review of this book, it will tell me all the interesting points that are made in the book. Like if there's a book yeah. about, you know, um, the founding of 
Google or something. And it's mm -hmm. like about the, the, you know, that era of Silicon Valley, blah, blah, something that I'm like in theory interested in. I can just read a review of it. That'll tell me sort of the most shocking revelations mm -hmm. in that book. Yeah, right. totally. I read this, like I saw spare. this Twitter, I saw this really long Twitter thread that was like. Exactly. Yeah. Like I'm not going to read spare, but I, I know all the revelations in it. Yeah. The, dicks, yeah. All the, all the dick yeah. stuff. I um I saw this long Twitter thread about like Hollywood's relationship with IP and I was like I would never read this but like I wonder what it says. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> My dad sent me an article about like cybersecurity or something. And Wait, like, Hollywood's so relationship with IP? Yeah. yeah. Just because yeah. like everything's based on everything and it was like I read the first couple tweets and it was like so I was like what are you talking about but it was like trying to say that Hollywood like isn't obsessed with IP, but like, it seems like they are. And I was like, mm. I don't, I, I was like, I don't, I don't care. I was like, I was like, this, <laughs> I was like, I was like, this tweet thread should be a movie. Huh? <laughs> um, uh oh, I'm really, I just realized I'm missing therapy right now. LOL. Oh my gosh. I, I need Catherine. to go. To <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's cause we, she, we keep moving our time. So it's kind of not my fault. And this is my, this is my therapy. <laughs> I no. need to go back to therapy <laughs> so badly. It's not even funny. Are you in therapy, George? Me too. Me too. Can we talk about that? Okay, let's have <laughs> that. Let's have that conversation. Wait. So I think we should revisit. Um, now that we have you back, what do we? What do we yes. think about? Um, who were you? Who are you? And who do you want to be three years wow. later? What oh, that's fascinating. That? Um, I wasn't sure if as a second time guest, they would get asked the question. Yeah. And that's good. Do you think good. it's fun to be asked it or do you think it's- I like, do. Well, you know that? what? I sort of, I, I must say I contemplated preparing something and then I was like, no, they're not going to ask a second time so that I didn't prepare something. But I now you're going to get the raw and, you're going to get the raw and unfiltered answer because I, I actually decided consciously to not prepare. Great. Yeah. I think um, that, um, okay. I, I wouldn't want you to come in and prepare with the, who are you, who are you, who do you want to be? Like, I would never want that ever, yeah. ever, ever. Yeah. And I also think as, you know, you grow into I, yourself, who you were changes. I want to be completely open, honest, and candid with both of you. Audio and video is fully freezing every two seconds. Oh, <laughs> oh really? I'm sorry. Oh, my God. Do you mind I'm sorry. if I, like, leave the Zoom and come back? Would that be crazy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, go he for it. He never comes back. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, okay. I disconnected my, like monitor and uh external camera so that maybe my computer will have more energy mm. to uh devote to this zoom and in fact you're both already uh even better oh, okay good. sorry sorry i that's i i hate technical difficulties because they immediately ruin any uh momentum no but like you also you, you also can't <clears throat> ignore them because then you feel absolutely crazy i know that's the thing i was like this is only going to get worse and <laughs> i and I, my biggest fear is like me dealing with a technical difficulty but no one knowing about my struggle so they just right. think i'm being they just think i'm being uninteresting and like not quick enough and taking like five <laughs> seconds to come up with a quip it's like you say something and then five seconds later i'm like that's what she said <laughs> well, it's like well <laughs> yeah george that should have taken you a lot quicker <laughs> yeah i am um, wait i will say george to your credit to my friend george's credit he's so quick that even through the technical difficulties i thought I, d I didn't even notice them. I didn't thought. notice either. Okay, good. Because there were entire sentences I did not hear. But then, you know what? I sort of like filled in the blanks. And I have to say, I think I slayed, it, slayed the uh, house down boots. Okay. Honey. All right. So, but now you are both, um, I would say, coming in clearly. I mean, I do miss my gorgeous uh, camera view from my other camera where I looked sort of bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. I think yeah, you're from here, too. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, so yeah, so wait. Who's, someone who's actively wearing a hospital gown and lying down, the bar is really low. For it's funny, Catherine, because you literally are wearing a sweatshirt over it, and there's no way to tell you're wearing a hospital gown, but you keep referencing it. <laughs> like, you know, I need everyone to oh know. Oh my god, there it is. <laughs> At first, when you first said it, I was like, I was like, no one tell her she's not wearing it. <laughs> this is so sad and scary. This is so sad and scary that I went to the hospital. <laughs> Um, I, that is, yeah. Do you, are you someone who, um, uh, how do I put this? Like goes to, a, goes to a hospital easily. Like, are you like, Oh, something's wrong. I'm going to go to the ER. No, no. I think not to be dramatic, but I think not to get so dark, but like a year and a half ago, I think I was like roofied. And so I think when I came home at a bar throwing up, yeah. I think Brian and I were kind of like, totally. holy shit. Like what if something happened again? And so we were just being hyper cautious. Of course. Um, well, luckily, the hospital did not help in the least. They actually couldn't have done less. They did take my pee, but then he came over to take my blood, and I was like, I don't want to give it to you. And he was like, okay. <laughs> and then I left. It's <laughs> really insane. Can I, it's, I realize that it's not original to talk about how the healthcare system is, um, how everyone should be tried at The Hague. But, like, <laughs> I, I'm legitimately not joking when I say that even... So my family lives in Greece, as everyone in the world knows. And I'm legitimately <laughs> not joking when I say that even at the peak of the Greek financial crisis, when it was literally like a collapsing country, I would still go there for medical care. That's crazy. Yeah. Legitimately, I would like, I would be like, when I visit my family once a year, I'm going to the dentist, I'm getting my physical, and I'm like seeing if there's any, like I, you know, if any sort of pre-existing medical conditions that I have, I'm like going there to get them checked out. I... I would say my distrust of the medical system in America is like akin to that of an anti-vaxxer. Oh my God. Yeah. And by the way, I'm triple vaxxed. Yeah. Don't come for me, bitch. Do not come for my friend. He's triple vaxxed. And... Yeah. No, I, th I think in general, I, I don't go to the hospital easily, but I really did in college. I adored, adored, yeah. adored going to the like medical well, so, of course, yeah. because in college, it's like a privatized boutique. It's heaven. It's you a boutique hospital. In, like a you go there, couch. they're like, oh, yeah. You're like, we have Kiehl's products. No, truly. I'm like, I have a scab on my foot. They're like, come on in, girl. We got you. <laughs> you're, they're like, come on in. You want a million dollars. Yeah, <laughs> truly. I never went to my college, like, health people, except for when I had um, a tonsil abscess. But I did, I used to go to my, like, elementary school nurse every period, like, every period on the period. I'm, like, checking back into the hospital of elementary school. And my nurse was, um, my nurse peed really loud. Wow. <laughs> Wait, do like, you know what I was always worried about? It was the mental health center in college, because that, I feel like, something was going, they were talking to people. Like, I feel like you, you could go there once and they would, like, put you on suicide watch and then make you take a year off. Totally. Yeah, don't you th like that sort of scared me and I'm very pro therapy and um, have certainly benefited from mental health services in the past. But yeah. there was something very dishonest about the university mental yeah. health. Center. I was right. sent I was sent there against my will because I'm interesting. And I remember she like gave me like antidepressants and I like took them for like literally a week. And she's like, whatever you do, don't just stop taking them. And I did just stop taking them and no one ever followed up. Yeah. That's oh, like, well, that's the other thing. Today. It's all like trainees. It's like literally undergrads. Yeah, literally. Yeah, I was like, you're you're like, wait, are like, we in bio together? They're like, yeah, I'm <laughs> yeah, gonna I prescribe like, you some pills. I was like, wait, do you live in Newman or Campion? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's like, I'm actually an you're admin. Like scalpel. I'm here. I'm, I'm here visiting. I'm a high school student. I just got in. <laughs> she's performing. She's she's performing my lobotomy as for she's performing lobotomy. She's like, this is my internship. I really hope it gets me to Harvard. 
gosh. Back, back to business. Yes, back um, to business. Back to who was who I, who am you, I, and who, who yeah. are you, who do you want to be? Yeah. Um, well, okay. So in terms of who I was, and I'm trying to think, I'm sure last, I can't remember what I talked about last time I was here, but I'm sure I talked about my childhood. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, sort of grew up between the United States and Greece. Uh, and then spent a significant amount of time in California for college. Then I lived in Boston, which is where I famously started doing stand-up comedy. Well, you, you went to Stanford, right? I did. But then when I was in Boston, um, I really cut my teeth doing uh, bar shows at bars owned by sort of MAGA supporters. Yeah. And when I tell you a builds character, I'm not coming, folks. <laughs> my first um, memories of meeting you, George, like I remember like when you were like, or, like all of a sudden I first started knowing who you were, I was like, oh, that, I was like, I was like, that's that kid George who like has clear glasses. Like you had like those clear room glasses. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember. I Iconic. was like, yeah. God, I'm like, sometimes I think when I was sort of new to the scene, I didn't take a, enough advantage of like, now, now on the outside, seeing how the allure of someone being you, where I'm like, yeah. I want to know everything about you. I'm like, I, I, I sort of, um, I should have like built up that mystery. Like, who is this? Who is this? <laughs> who is this gay with clear glasses that came from Boston? Whereas oh, I was yeah. so afraid of everyone. And I thought everyone thought I was like, unfunny that i that i didn't oh my god um, well i it was the opposite I, was true i struggle wow. with new people so for yeah. me it's good i think they didn't lean into being i feel new. very well, out of the loop do you feel i struggle with new people too but then every now and then someone comes along like okay so like i remember when i first saw natalie rotter lightman perform and i was like oh finally someone who's good at stand-up comedy <laughs> yeah or like even when I I know Richard Perez has been around for a while, but I think he really sort of like blew me. up in the last you know year and a half. Yeah, and that was also like oh wow, like there are still new people that are really really talented, and that totally. it's like exciting, and it's actually like if you consider all of us to be part of a sort of community, it actually like really helps when someone new and refreshing comes along, and people are excited about it, and it also like. Uh, I don't know, uh, ruffle some feathers and people, you know, I, I don't know. I think it's sort of fun. Um, but totally. having said that, I'm not, I'm I'm definitely not in the loop in terms of like going to, I don't know, open mics or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But I not... think it is, you're right. Cause I feel like things are finally starting to feel like there is a scene again because it was sort of all on pause. Yeah. So I know. So I'm still like, oh, excited about shows and stuff like that. Yeah. I feel like I was even out of the loop for longer. Maybe you guys feel this way too, where I was like, when things did reopen, I was like, I'm not ready to sort of pretend things are normal. Like, and I don't even mean that in the um, epidemiological sense. I just mean like, I we all like I need time to process. I'm not going to like oh, go back on stage and be like, Tinder, you know, like, yeah, it just seemed crazy to me. I remember yeah. like when like truly the first week things reopened, people were posting like posters of their upcoming shows. And I was like, Oh my God, take a second. Yeah, I know. that was me. That was 100% me forcing it, making it, trying to film my special from 2019. Yeah. Um, the moment that I got vaccinated, it was so <sighs> But um. Okay, so who was I? Um. So yes. Right, yeah, I'm almost curious, like, if you think, like, who were you the last time you were on the pod and how have you changed? Oh, okay, that's actually, that. you know what? That's an excellent question. Um. Well, okay, so... I guess we can go personal and professional. I'll go Love personal that. first. Um, I was 
I I think last time I was on the pod, well, I'll say this. I was sort of single for the first time in my adult life, really, last time I was on the podcast. Yeah. Um, because I had a long relationship in my 20s that lasted six years. That's wow. so and, crazy. And it was like, it was my college boyfriend that I started dating my senior year of college. And even before that, I mean, I hooked up with people in college, but I was never, I never really went through a slighty phase. It was mm. sort of like, you know, every, you know, it's like at a party, maybe I'd hook up with someone, but then it would be like, four weeks until the next time like it was not totally. I, that's I, actually I, a great cadence i think every four weeks is you, a great cadence thank you <laughs> and then of course because i had a sort of debilitating body dysmorphia i would be like i would i would like kiss someone at a party or something and then it was clearly going somewhere and i'd be like well if they saw me naked they would call the police so well, i can't i obviously yeah, so like can't go home with um, um i would be arrested so <laughs> so i was sort of like um I was single for the first time. Well, after my ex and I broke up, there was a year where I was really like, A, mourning the relationship, B, sort of like, I think we were still, if not in love with each other, then there was, it was difficult to like break that bond because we like really sort of grew up together. Yeah, um, you lived together for a bit afterwards. We lived together for a bit, yeah. but but it wasn't just that. It was like, we went from living together in college in the same dorm <laughs> to wow. then like, being together in California to then doing long distance where they were in New York and I was in Boston. And then finally, after two years of long distance, like both of us sort of like coming out of the rubble of, you know, like last of us style, uh, <laughs> finally living together. And then it all imploded when we were living together. So it was oh. just like such a, you know, just like a sort of like bittersweet end to the whole thing. Like we were like yeah. waiting for, waiting for this moment of living together as adults after like five years together. And then it just like sort of didn't work out. Um, anyway, but then when I was single, I feel like when I went on my first date with Matthew, I was like, that was when I had started to be comfortable dating again. Like I had been on a couple of dates. I had like maybe hooked up with like one or two other people. Like it was very, Great cadence. very new. I love yeah. my friend's cadence. <laughs> you know, I used to really want to name my daughter Cadence. I would not name it. So funny. And you know, I want to say Cadence, and I wanted the boy to be Bradley. No, Bradley's even worse than Cadence. Cadence and Bradley. That sucks. I don't know what I would name my kids. Um, I have actually have a name picked up for a girl, and I think. Matthew doesn't approve of it, but we'll talk about that later. Oh, you can't um, share. And that's why I came on this podcast to break yeah. up with. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so, you, you don't feel comfortable sharing what the name is? Um, no, I can share what the name is. Um, the name is Anna. It's just a very simple name, but it's, oh yeah, that's cool. It's, a I, name. it's like uh, I, I had a, or I still have. She's alive. I have a sort of distant aunt that I'm very close to, who's a therapist and who I've always admired, and she was sort of like the one person in our family that was like not the one person, but she was always sort of like international and cool and urban and like went to, you know, like used to live in the village. And I always thought like, I don't know, I was, I always thought her life was so glamorous um, and still do. Um, and then like, there was other things like my favorite Greek pop stars named Anna. <laughs> like I love all this that stuff. Name. It's so beautiful. But I think for Matthew, it might've been, I can't remember the details. So apologies, this is wrong. But I think like some girl, he either like, he either like dated when he was still closeted or like a girl who went to high school. There's someone was named mm. Anna in his life. And then I also think because he was in the fashion world for so long, the specter of Anna Wintour is oh, so big that like, 
I feel like when you just say the word Anna to someone who works in fashion, all they can think of is Anna Wintour. Totally. Oh my God. My ex- and I don't want best. my baby to be named after Anna Wintour, even though I think she's a badass and a and a iconic and a queen. girl boss. Yeah. Girl my boss. my ex therapist um uh-huh. used had would always be trying to like he kept revealing he always every day revealed as if for the first time that he before pivoting to therapy had worked as like an internet vogue and he would always be trying to make <laughs> oh like parallels God. like i would talk about like things i was just out about about comedy or like friends or stuff and like he'd be like yeah it's a lot like when i worked at vogue i don't know if i've ever no, told you this but no. before, I, before i pivoted to therapy i, I did work at vogue and then he That's also amazing. was haunted by the specter of anna wintour and yeah was always like kind of processing his trauma around it and i was like okay no offense but it's like you need to like do that on your own time like i'm not here to like yeah. unpack anna wintour with you I would what say about specter for a girl I, oh my god <laughs> <laughs> i would say about 70 percent of uh manhattanites at any given point are processing their trauma about anna wintour <laughs> <laughs> um so so basically i would say what happened with matthew was very much like when you're least looking at it mm. or, yeah. or when you're least oh god i can't speak when you're le- you know when you least expected love will yeah. come when you're least like looking i was at it. And you're looking at it the least and in fact the it was, paint will dry the paint will dry when you're looking at it the least <laughs> i watched pot never boils um and i think it was that way for matthew too because he had just come out of a relationship and was not looking for anything serious but Wait, can you remind me what's your guys's age story um well uh it we are i think like seven and a half years apart oh my god i did not realize that that is so mm-hmm. erotic it is yeah. incredibly erotic but then mm-hmm. people are violently shocked as you just were when i say yeah. that because he actually looks way way younger are me, and... are me and you the same age george or you're younger than me i am 31 Wow, you're significantly younger than me. No, I'm man, about a year and a half y- younger than you. I'm no, I'm, but George, I'm thir- Pat was a senior when we were freshmen. So it's- Whoa. I'm, 30, I'm 34. I'm gonna you're be 34. 35. Yeah, I'm gonna be 35. Not in so long. That's no shocking. way. You're 34. Yeah. Hot. We have the exact same age difference as Pete Buttigieg and Chastin. Oh, oh that's wait, a good, that's a really good omen. <laughs> and that's why I, when we went on that first date, you know. It didn't go well. I didn't like him. I thought he had a weird vibe. But then when I found out that we have the same age difference right. as Pete and Chas, then I said, wait a minute. If I, it seems like it's I should give him a chance. I you, said, wait a minute. you said, wait a minute. If I could see it, I could be it. And yeah. then you got married to Matthew based on Peter. Wait, so you're the Chaston? I'm assuming Chaston's younger. I'm definitely the Chaston. Isn't it um, embarrassing that I don't know anything and I and I've been calling um Ariana DeBose Andrew DeBose probably on multiple, multiple audio platforms like I went on, I was on XM radio last week and we talked about it. I'm sure I called her Andrea. It's because like I couldn't remember her name. This is what happens to me. I can't remember someone's name, so I Google what I think their name might be. And if results come up, then I'm like, yeah, I was right about their name. But like <laughs> Google will like know what you mean, unfortunately. So Google's always knowing what I mean when I say my yeah. name, I think it is. And then like I then move on from that interaction being like, this wrong name is the right name. Yeah, this is how I kept calling Avatar 2 Avatar the Shape of Water instead of the Way of Water. Totally. And the Shape of Water is actually that movie with um, the fish. Yeah. I didn't enjoy that movie. That that year I ran, I, I saw that movie on kind of like a date, I think, but now I can't remember with who. And um, I will say that like that year I ran and we saw like a lot of the Oscar movies. And that yeah. one was like my least favorite one kind of. And then it like won, I think. I, it did win. I sort of liked, well, it's now that, you know, when something wins best picture, then you're sort of like, 
everyone lines up to have their take. But like without the specter of the Oscars, I was totally. like, this is fun. Like this is original. She's like in love with a fish. Yeah, I guess like, I get bored so easily. I made the mistake of, of, of with a many film gays one time saying that I thought that Phantom Thread was boring. And it was as though I had, had peed on their country's flag. It was as though they were patriots and I peed on their country's flag. And then they were talking about it. And then I, I, the reason I remembered is I just was like looking at my notes up to see if I've ever had any ideas. And I had written down a quote that someone said where it said, every shot is so luscious. Yeah. Imagine wow. love, people love saying bullshit like that. It's crazy. Imagine some, imagine like earnestly being like, every shot is luscious. Can I, this is, bread. but can I think I that's this, true. Literally, like, <laughs> I, it is, it is true ultimately. But, <laughs> but I, I say this as someone who does, love movies and they were they are such a huge part of my life but the way people the way quote-unquote cinephiles talk about film makes me want to fucking jump off a bridge yeah for me like seeing a movie it's about bunch to crunch it's about being in a theater and it's about like having fun and letting your hair down it's not about like putting your glasses beauty on. yeah it's, it's not, not about putting my glasses on it's, it's, it's hair, about down, beauty. hair down glasses off <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like it's like you can pee five times and it doesn't matter because like you don't necessarily like you can oh kind of God, always I love pick up. When I'm on the edge and I can just go as many times as I want on the edge. Of the I floor. saw when I was in LA. I saw Ant Man at the Grove and it was um heaven. Okay, it was just okay. Was, letterboxed queen. <laughs> it was so bad, but um, I haven't just seen like, a movie in theaters in like fourteen or fifteen years. Catherine, you are complicit in the death of cinema and need to get your ass up from that bed and go to a film while you have neurovirus. (laughs) You need to go to the Grove. You need to walk. I hope my boyfriend doesn't get it from me. Well, mine didn't, so there's there's still hope yet. Wait, Catherine, you don't like going to the movies? Um, you know, I'm. I do. I just haven't done it in a while. You know, it's weird. I. This sounds so silly, but my ex. I was just gonna say your ex. I was just gonna say your ex. When I was with him, we'd go like all the time, and then for some reason, I kind of stopped going. Interesting. Um, you, he, he he took that from you. He took a little piece of you. So it's not I didn't even notice. <laughs> <laughs> One day were you, well, Catherine Cohen. You need to reclaim going to the movies for yourself as a strong independent woman and go alone. Go to Alamo Draft House and get a whole pound of cauli- fried cauliflower and really enjoy Ant Man and the Wasp. Yeah, if, I if I was a therapist, am. if I was a if I was a therapist, I'd say, Catherine, your assignment for this week is to go see <laughs> 80 for Brady by yourself. <laughs> I actually saw a movie this past week I actually, that I actually want to, to encourage everyone to go see because it's only playing in New York, I think, this weekend next. My friend Sophie von Hasselberg is in this amazing film called Give Me Pity. Amazing. Catherine, I was at a dinner with her recently. Oh my, God, oh my God. You guys are so connected she, socially. I would, you know, I, I wonder if I have met her in the past. So we have a mutual friend. Her name is Jenna. And so I've like often I will be at, um, dinners with her but we've never we've never had a real breakthrough one one-on-one mm-hmm. interaction even though we I have met. yeah but last time i saw her she was wearing the sort of iconic outfit where you're like god i love new york like yes. she was wearing something that i swear to god had like a full sculpture coming out of the back <laughs> that's amazing i kind of want to get sculpture which is what ryan o'connell told me about which is um <laughs> I want to get full face surgery. Have I talked most about that yet? I want face surgery. Most people Wait, get on there. No. I just saw, it's so funny because usually I don't, I never think about that stuff, but I saw a clip of something I shot a few months ago and I, I've never had this reaction where I was like, that woman yeah. needs face surgery, but I'm no, over it. Yeah. You know what's, cra- I am so body positive when it comes to face. Yeah, and me too. Yeah. And then when it comes to body, I'm like, well, if I could get a full body transplant, I would. 
1000%. A lot of people get sculpture on their face and it's meant to like restore collagen if you're aging. Mm-hmm. But then like one of my friends has gotten it on his butt and had really good like success with it. So I'm like, well, maybe I'll try it. But also I've just been doing butt bridges with weighted things from the home, building a butt from home and it's been working. You know, one of the things on my to-do list today is texting a trainer that someone oh. recommended. And I'm going to, wow. for the first time in my life, I'm going to start working out seriously. Yeah, I. that's such a tough, I feel like I've had that moment so many times. Oh, I, I know. Start... Listen, same. And and I'm not under any uh, no, you I know, just, delusion. I wish I but... could, um... And I start to resent my trainer in such an intense way for no reason. Like when I they know. reach out, I'm like, leave me the fuck alone. But it is, it does feel so good to be strong and in your body. It's crazy because I live with someone who is just like, I wouldn't say effortlessly. I'm sure it takes effort, but like he just the going, you know, going to the gym like three times a week and then doing Pilates once a week is just like part of his schedule. It is non-negotiable no wow. matter how much work what he time has. What times does he go? Um, like after work because he has a pretty, you know, he like is uh sort of on call all day because of work. He's a, doctor. Um, he's a surgeon. He's a doc. He's a neurosurgeon <laughs> and he he performs lobotomies actually um, on college campuses. On, his on college campuses. campuses. <laughs> yeah. I am. Um, I'm kind of like in that camp where like I like to have, you know, I'm always in a tug of war between like um, I, I think of things that I do that I want to do. And I'm like, OK, everything I would like to do physically, what how do I want to spend my time? And then I'll choose certain things and how many times I would like to do them a week. And then um, and then but I will say it's like I have been in this phase where it's like, you know, I've been doing my habit tracking where I color in a box every day that I do something in a different color, depending on which thing it is I do. But then it does start, and it is non-negotiable, but then it does start to feel sometimes a little bit like a prison cell where I'm like, sometimes it's like, well, if I do all these, if, for me to color in all my boxes and then also tend to the rest of my life, that is a full day. And then I have no time for anything else. And the rest of my life can sometimes start falling apart, which is- Well, this is sort of, yeah. I mean, that is sort of what it comes down to. And the reason why people in Los Angeles all need to be jailed. <laughs> yes. Because that is oh that is what their lives are like. They wake up exactly. and they call or they color boxes and then it gets to the end of the day and they're like, well, mission accomplished. And it's like, have you done anything? I know. Oh my God. That is you just that's exactly what it is. Can I you leave going to that. can you leave them going to Los Angeles for 10 weeks on Saturday? You know what, Pat? I can because yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's part of um I don't know. It's part of your year of yes. It's yes. totally part of my year of yes. Year of yes. <laughs>